folks. Welcome back to what's the name of this show? Yeah, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while, while. Yeah. to the late late capitalism show. Uh, we want to say first and foremost, uh, we hope you're all safe and doing well, or as well as you can do in these uh, let's say unconventional times. Uh, second, thank you for bearing with us while we took a slight hiatus, basically just to find a way to record the show while still being as safe as possible following the guidelines. But we're back, and we're going to be as uh, regular as usual. And by regular, we mean full of cuss words. So this yeah. is a little content warning for you. We have Dean on the pod. And Megan. It's me. It's Jesse. I'm here on the pod. And folks, uh, during our hiatus, everything happened. Oh, oh boy. What, what did they say? Oh, everything happened so much, you know? The world, she just keeps on spinning, keeps uh, giving us great takes, uh, hot goss uh, to fling around. Some sad news out of uh, North Korea. Our our boy, the guy who gives CFRC most of its funding, uh, cut that. That's not funny. No, it's true, uh, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you trying to hide the truth? We're, we are a wing of the DRPK. Uh, Kim Jong-un apparently had, like, is brain dead okay. or had some surgery. So here's what happened as best as I can tell. A tweet went out the other night saying that, like, he had had a cardiac procedure, which, as far as I can tell, is true, and that there were complications afterwards, and then he'd slipped into a coma and he's brain dead. Now, this is what CNN reported right? based off of what an American diplomat said. Yeah, the fake news media. But they also didn't contact South Korean intelligence officials who are constantly monitoring, you know, North Korean transmissions, where there was literally no word about this at all. So either it's a situation where this might have happened and they just haven't broadcast anything, which is not uncommon. Something like that happened with Stalin's death. Mm. Or it just didn't happen and some person got trigger happy and uh, jumped the gun, so to huh. speak, and just reported this out. And CNN being the bastion of uh, factual reporting that they are, which is like, yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, well, I feel like there's just so much other insane, monstrous things going on that I can't imagine someone at a news desk being like, oh, we should just make something up. You know, like it, there's not enough to talk it's about right now. It's not the news desk made it up. It's just that the, the source they got is probably an Could idiot. Be an exaggeration, perhaps. Yeah, because yeah, like almost certainly. Now, a thing that I respect about Kim Jong Un is that he's five seven and three hundred pounds. Yeah, this is the most stacked dude. He's a square. He is literally like a refrigerator. He oh, is the same like yeah. height and dimensions as one. Yeah. And, like, when you see Trump next to him, Trump has got, like, the same general physiology. So them reporting, like, in, you know, the yearly doctor's thing that Trump's, like, 220 pounds and perfectly healthy is so yeah. funny. Yeah, he's got, like, a foot on him. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Trump is, like, 6'2". Yeah. But it's like, no, no, no. You do not look like that if you're not at least 283 bills. Yeah. But also, imagine having a comparable physiology to Donald Trump while you're, like, what's Kim Jong-un? Like, 40, maybe? Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a young man. Like, like, <laughs> like, two decades younger and, like, looking basically the same. That's got to suck. They had a similar upbringing. Like, just yeah. raised. Obviously, the, the Kim family upbringing is wholly unique because you're you know his father was just basically a living deity yeah. to the people of north korea but like they both came from immense privilege and clearly never really played sports and we're just like <laughs> these very uh, because doughy if you do sports losers. you use up all your energy that's yeah. true. you die you, early you, you use your forgot. life for it that's true yeah. I, that's why i don't come quite frankly because i can't be affording to give up the precious that's life true force. and women are just trying to take it from you and that's Ooh. why you you're volcel <laughs> that's right yeah uh definitely volcel 
There's no doubt yeah. about that. I heard a Jordan Peterson coming in yeah. there for real. Yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> He's not so much a life force, like, cum guy, though, admittedly. He hasn't gotten there yet. Like, he isn't yeah. fully blackpilled. He's still very much like, oh, you should spend well, your time cleaning <laughs> instead. <laughs> like, I'm sure Peterson would appreciate it. It's much like the Ouroboros, you know? Like, the fandom of Peterson is consuming Peterson himself uh, as he be- grows more and more, like, demented and depleted uh, until eventually he will just say he believes the things that they believe. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. He brought the plague with him. I'm still adamant about yeah. this. He came back from Siberia and he was cradling a great evil inside him. And once he came back to like, I don't know, Toronto to live in his horribly like cluttered apartment, you know, the Uber Eats guy came to the door and instead of tipping him, he just gave him a nice lecture about, you know, why it's important that father's rights matter. <laughs> and during the process, he like breathed too much on the guy's face and that guy took it and passed yeah, it on. I still think it. that's like patient zero. That's pretty funny. Did funny I ever, than Steve Wozniak. Did I ever tell you about, uh, so the wrestling show I was on in like February, uh, my instructor was like really sick in the days leading up to it. He's like, yeah, he's like, I got this bad like throat thing and a headache and like a stomach bug. He's like 100% certain he had coronavirus. <laughs> oh my goodness. But this was like 10 weeks ago. I don't think he had coronavirus, quite frankly, but it's not like out of the realm of possibility considering San Francisco just today reported cases of like deaths in like early February. Yeah. Of it. So I'm like, huh, it would be, how funny would it be if uh, Canada's patient zero is my tall, <laughs> very live and ill looking wrestling teacher? Yeah. Very I- fitting. I just backtracking briefly, I think Peterson is sort of like the almost like the ultimate condemnation of like the liberal media's veneration of celebrity, Uh, because like this is like that taken to its logical extreme where like the the celebrity is just a, a vehicle for everyone's own like preconceived notions and beliefs and peterson like accepts this role and becomes just an icon for not talking to girls petting cats on the street okay Um, the second one is me Uh, (laughs) the first one is also me i don't think it's necessarily not talking to girls but it's like oh girls aren't smart enough to understand exactly they're not talking to me because they don't have the emotional and intellectual capacity to tolerate the words i'm saying to them essentially Like, he's a good out for those guys. Yeah, no, and it's great. And, like, I appreciate Peterson sacrificing himself on on the altar of logic and reason for these people, uh, because they need someone like that. I mean, there's no shortage of logic pens, though. Like, if they don't get Jordan Peterson, they'll get Ben Shapiro. Well, yeah, but, like, no one has given himself so fully over to the crowd, to the, like, the ravenous masses of neats. It is fascinating, too, because... Like, he is become neat. And seeing what is very clearly, like, becoming a codependent relationship from a person who is a trained, like, psychotherapist is really not what I expected to see. It's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give myself over totally to Imperator Groiper 1488. (laughs) He is going to be me, and I'm going to be him. And it's, like, that is a a deeply concerning life he lives. Honestly, I have gained a begrudging respect for him. He's still a piece of shit who says a lot of, like, awful things, especially seed no ground to his very transphobic thoughts like it's that's a piece of shit thing to say people are entitled and deserve to be treated as however they identify quite frankly it doesn't matter if you feel that's the truth it's just something that is correct and it's the right thing to do however his 
insane beliefs on so many other things are so endearing to me because they're not as like black and white misogynistic. It's like you have to do some work to see the misogyny in his writing. And believe it or not, that strange obfuscation is a breath of fresh air in a world we live in where people are just so outwardly callous and cruel. Like when you read his book, it's like, oh, there's the the female dragon of chaos and it must be brought to order by the male knight. It's like, yeah, there's very clear overtones of misogyny there, but it's also just could be a really stupid guy writing Lord of the Rings fan yeah. fiction. There's some ambiguity there that I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, still, I would like him to donate his Patreon money to me. Also. <laughs> that would be good. What was the what was that anime that we watched? I can't remember the one that we watched with Eliza. Uh, <laughs> the the cyborg one with the general or the major. What's that one called? <laughs> what you know? The, the, you're the, the asking Megan yeah. about anime. Uh, the, it's the major and like there people. It's the really famous yeah, they anime program movie things that in people's brains. Watched. Ghost in the Shell. Ghost, Ghost in the Shell. shell. Yeah. Okay, no, no, we're gonna, we're cutting all that. And here's my joke. Uh, Ghost in the Shell, but you uh, merge consciousness with Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Good one. <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, like, a real knee slapper. Like yeah, that's it'd be revisiting a similar thing to Bernie, how like I wanted to donate my body to Bernie so his brain and consciousness could live on. There yeah. are so many little Patreon freaks that would love to have his mind implanted into into them. <laughs> and speaking of Bernie, another thing that we've missed as we haven't recorded for a while is that he dropped out. Yeah. yeah. And now it's Joe. The dream is dead. That um, Super Tuesday really was. Yeah, Super Tuesday was killer. Which I felt at the time. I was like, ooh, there's a lot of... Basically, like, and to be fair, it would have been very difficult to see this coming because the momentum and the precedent was very much in his favor, but it happened. He lost. It's a shame. We're going to witness the most fitting and hilarious presidential election in history. Donald Trump is going to hammer Joe Biden on being senile. Old glass Joe. He, like... He's going to hammer him on China. Do you guys remember that Hunter Biden accepted like a rare diamond from like yeah. a Chinese energy company executive? Yeah. Like one of the most insane forms of corruption. I think the debates between the two are going to be very entertaining. I, I don't I'm think, kind of excited. I don't think there's going to be debates because Trump doesn't need to. He can just be yeah. like, he, he can just hammer him through social media. You don't think they'll media. agree to do any? Well, not especially if the forecast holds with Corona going on. Oh, Even true. then, like what does Trump have to gain? He's already like torching him through the media Wait, when's anyways. the general election? This October? Yeah. N- November. 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 Yeah. But well, the debates would be October and September. Crazy. Yeah. But he's like, I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll accept it. Maybe because he knows he can win against yeah. Joe because all he has he to do is... just mop the floor with him. Be like, look at him. You can't string a sentence together. Drock, rock for me, Joe. Yeah. There's 12 numbers on it. You can't find them. And he would, like, it'd be over. But it's fitting. It's very much what America deserves, which is the two dumbest guys in the country, (laughs) uh, both of whom are at various degrees of sundowning. I think next year, Trump is going to be where Biden is for sundowning. Mm. Yeah, that's believable. It's it's Looper. It's just he's seeing future visions of himself. (laughs) An old racist guy who can't talk anymore. Again, like, if if we're continuing on this theme of, like a, a person, a body uh, representing and embodying the population. There's no better comparison than like two just decaying men who like just have been washed and privileged their entire lives, uh, never had to do anything but lie and cheat and steal. Hey, come on, Joe uh, worked as a lifeguard. He wasn't privileged. <laughs> yeah. he, had, he had to deal with the roving Delaware yeah. street gangs. Just like, like just these he, two. He fought apartheid, remember? <laughs> That's right. He was arrested with Nelson Mandela, according to Joe. <laughs> And no one else. <laughs> to call them corpses is an insult to corpses, but just like these two like husks, both of which are also rapists. 
yeah just fighting for like the 20 percent of the population that still votes uh it, it is the perfect emblem of just like that wretched dying empire i have two things to say about this uh we can move on afterwards but they're both about joe one yeah. of which is i don't think it's fair to call them lies because he believed he did all these things because his brain just doesn't work like he has seen a movie and he's like yeah yeah jack i was in nakatomi plaza it was, ba- <laughs> it was bad news so it's like, like I can't even call him a liar. I'm just like, no, he literally doesn't know better. Like, this is elder abuse. I said that back in January when he was losing, and I'm saying it now in April when he's winning. This is elder abuse. Like, it is yeah. such a disgusting... His vice president is basically going to have to pilot him like he's crying. Like, <laughs> like Elizabeth Warren's going to get in his belly, and uh, she's going to drive him around. Yeah. Second I is, actually have some images of that if you <laughs> yeah, want them. We've been really into Vor, Dean and I, lately. <laughs> Playing D&D together. That's been the fixation. Second is, and it touches on what you mentioned about his uh, quote-unquote alleged sexual harassment, and in one case that has been documented, sexual assault, which is uh, Me Too clearly doesn't matter anymore. It was just a tool by the liberal media, and now that one of their prized pigs is under fire who nobody's reporting on it when's the last time someone has seriously addressed the very legitimate accusations of Tara Reid of Joe Biden me too is over oh yeah identity politics is over to, to the extent that it, it mattered at all yeah it doesn't right? mean anything to him like when they asked him how many genders there are he says I, I know there's at least three it's like I- identity politics is done he doesn't care it was a trap it's over me too it's the end if you seriously put this fucking old ghoul who has there's literally thousands of images of him sniffing young women's hair kissing people on the cheek when they don't want that not even young women like eight-year-old girls just like holding their arms and not letting go you've also got once again a very credible and graphic accusation of sexual assault and this is who you're going with if you seriously run him you cannot I cannot in good conscience do that if you believe even remotely in like sexual justice or gender justice i'm sorry that it's over the game's up it doesn't matter. It's a tool. It's so disgusting and it's so transparent. I hear you and I want to agree with you. Uh, my issue is since when has reality ever infringed on what liberals say and do and believe? Never, right? Hillary Clinton, her her husband, Bill Clinton, is like, uh, yeah, you know, notorious, not- notorious, like sexual hound and like allegedly uh, pedophile. And that didn't stop them from loving her and running her. So, like, Biden's just another coat of paint. You know, it's it's all the same. And, like, also, uh, when it comes to identity politics is dead with Joe Biden because, like, how can you pretend to care about that uh, when he does and says the things that he does and says? But, like, our prime minister did blackface. Uh, and, like, yeah, like, the difference between Trudeau and Biden is that Trudeau is still, like, vocal, like, identity politics is the way yeah. to go. Like, we got to be PC. Which we got to care about everyone. Which is so funny. Which, which is, like, <laughs> so, like, I literally can never understand. I do not understand any single person who respects Trudeau at all. He is such like a transparent, spineless, worthless politician of like a cartoonish variety. Imagine getting lectured on wokeness by the blackface guy. It, like it boggles my mind. <laughs> but here's the thing, it's still gonna happen. Yeah. Like that still happens. And like Bite like the whole like Biden cabinet, like should he become president, is going to be like uh, we we need more uh, POC landlords. And then you're just going to have to like go along with it and like pretend to care. I don't even think they're going to like do that. I think they're just going to be like, yeah, this is done. We don't care. Like <laughs> they don't, they're not going to acknowledge like POC anything. They're like, 
the most acknowledgement will be, yeah, it was Barack Obama's vice president and that's it. But like, they're not going to talk about any identities or intersections at all, even in like a superficial way. It's just done. Even on the campaign now, they don't talk about that. You know what the most like id poll thing he's done on his campaign is? Is saying that he'd have a woman as vice president. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Like he, it doesn't matter to him. He doesn't comprehend it. It's not even going to be But it doesn't matter that. what he thinks. He's like obviously just a shell. Like the, all they need for from Biden is a body. It might not even have to be alive. Just someone they can put up there who isn't Bernie. And it doesn't matter how racist or sexist or homophobic he is. Oh, yeah. Like identity politics is still going to be used as a cudgel by liberals against the left. And that's not going away, even though we're like, oh, look, you're a hypocrite. Doesn't matter. The same way that like it doesn't matter when you call Trump a hypocrite for criticizing people for any of the number of sins he's committed. Alrighty. So speaking of the U.S. as a decaying empire this week. Uh, a bunch of Americans have gone out into the streets to protest closures Hell yeah. of various things. Some of the signs have just said, like, I need a haircut and stuff like that, which has become the meme of sort of they want other people to work and yeah. do things for them rather than the people protesting saying they're they're like chanting, we want to work. But then it's all like all of their messages are about how they want other people to do services for them, essentially. So anyway, I, thoughts? I, I can't buy any sod. I it's can't. Like, I'm such. A, I'm a dirty boy, and I need to buy my dirt and my filth, and they won't give it to me. And what's going to be interesting is like there is going to be eventually at some point during this pandemic, like a legitimate working class, like we need to go back to work because especially in the United States, they're not receiving income or any kind of social security net to support them. This isn't that though. This is not a working class movement to uh, you know get people an income again. This is, as you noted, Megan, people that want other people to go back to work for them. These are people that maybe own a hair salon and they want their employees to go back to work. Meanwhile, they're going to be sitting in the back, you know, doing all the nefarious things that small business tyrants do. It's like we're just it is the boomer uprising. And one of the f one of the funnier headlines, and yeah, I'm going to laugh at this because it is funny, is a guy who had like openly re referred to like COVID-19 uh, pandemic as bullshit, went to one of these, went to like a protest or a rally and then contracted COVID-19 yeah. and died. Uh, the time for goodness is over, whether it existed or not what at any point. What a message of hope. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, no, no, I do have a, mes a message of hope, uh, which is just basically... Uh, well, it's more of a condemnation of the media because like these like we need to go back to work protests have been like front page anywhere you look anytime you log on it's all you can see. Uh, but there have been numerous ad like admittedly smaller scale, maybe uh, less organized, perhaps, uh, but numerous uh, like demonstrations about rent strikes, about like strikes in general for um, essential workers. Uh, which the media does not cover at all. And the reason is they don't want you to think about that and they don't want you to know that that is an option for you. But for every like AstroTurf couple dudes who want to go to the McDonald's because they love leering at the like 13-year-old cashier, for every Karen, uh, sorry, uh, K-word, uh, who has to go to the hair salon uh, so she can uh, just ridicule the uh, Latina worker uh, and tip her nothing. For every one of those protests, there are like good, hardworking people who are trying to protect themselves and their families uh, and stay alive. Uh, so try to look for those stories, I would recommend. Uh, but Dean, 
Arby's is closed, so we can't allow that to happen. Yeah, where else am I gonna go ruin a bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like fun, the I, only the time protesters are valid. <laughs> That's All the true. Hardies are closed. That's unacceptable. Yeah, I've been ruining my own bathroom uh, for the last month, and I realize uh, when you ruin the bathroom and then come back, it's still there. Yeah, it's a horrible. Like normally, I just ruin it uh, here at the station, and then I come back and it goes away. I'm gonna make a YouTube video, and it's like one of those insufferable thumbnails of me doing the soy face, and it's gonna yeah. have like impact font that says banned from Arby's <laughs> <laughs> Patriot protest underneath. And it's just like, it's going to be, yeah, we're seeing probably one of the dumbest periods in human history, like playing out live before us. And it's a real shame because the people that are doing it can afford to do this because they can afford healthcare. The American healthcare system is designed to only be able to treat people that can afford to pay for it. So if they create another fucking epidemic, they don't care. They can go to the hospital and get that. But unfortunately, the stupidity of these just monstrous, like, small business tyrants and uh, disgusting boomers is going to get a lot of good people potentially very sick. And uh, we're going to have to deal with that. I will say the situation here in Canada obviously isn't as dire because there is at least, slowly but surely, concessions are being made towards better financial stipend to help people month to month. Yeah, we're getting a lot more money than they are. And. It's definitely helping. It still hasn't been handled super well, but I actually... And it's not nearly enough. No, but it's more than I think I even expected, even knowing that Trudeau is like a squish on these things and will bow into pressure, which is good. Yeah. We have to keep it on. Honestly, uh, the, like, the NDP has been actually quite instrumental in getting uh, more money and more concessions for the current plan that we have, which is, of course, the mainstream media does not report on that. Like The liberals have gained like favorability, but the NDP have gained nothing, even though they're the ones that actually fought for the concessions that most people are benefiting from surprise surprise yeah i i wish trudeau like m- maybe he'll prove me wrong but uh i criticize trudeau for being weak and spineless uh but he does have a spine when it comes to maintaining and <laughs> protecting wealth yeah of like the the elite class of canada uh so but maybe maybe not maybe he is like a worthless jellyfish who can also cave to pressure from the left flank yeah like the one thing i can say about him is i don't think he's a horrible person i just think he's an idiot and he doesn't have like actual ideological beliefs. I think that makes you a horrible person. I don't necessarily, I think you can be without ideological beliefs and still be a fine person because there's a lot of people that just quite frankly don't have the time yeah. to care about these things. Yeah. Now you can make the well, argument that, prime that exactly <laughs> being a politician, you have to have that, but I would rather have someone who is an ideological blank canvas. But there's no such than, thing. Like, yeah, maybe he like he kind of you know, is though. Like he has people obviously whispering in his ear. But if you ask him like what his personal political beliefs are, I don't think he could articulate that to you. Yeah, but like when we're talking about like the average person, like Trudeau is like a monster and subhuman in many ways. But like when you're talking about like a normal actual human being, they maybe they don't call it like capital I ideology, but like they have a like general series of beliefs that are parallel to functioning morality and when you map those onto like a political ideology it is generally like a progressive leftist ideology i think it's it's just straight up like his advisors i think his father like pierre trudeau is a was a much more like devious and like horrible person like he had an ideology which was largely based in crushing union power so that you can continue to uh seed concessions to the neoliberal order like pierre I trudeau know that. That oh pierre yeah. actually one of my professors at queens I who is now like gay marriage 
Yeah. Well, one of my professors at Queens, who is now like a prominent like left-wing online media figure, Christo Avialis, very smart guy. Uh, man, love him though. <laughs> he actually wrote a book. He's a short say game. that about him? No, he is. I love him though. He's a wife guy too. He's a Mehebi kind of guy, which That's is great. That's awesome. Uh, he wrote a book about Pierre uh, Trudeau and his like just absolute evisceration of the Canadian labor and union movements. And it was really good. It's I can't remember the title, but if you look up Pierre Trudeau uh, labor movement book, you can probably find it and probably get it through like Kindle or Amazon. But Pierre Trudeau is like an actual political tactician with a set ideological rigorous belief system. And a successful politician. Yeah, he was a monster. Justin quite frankly, is not smart enough. Even back no. in 2015, they were like, oh, his biggest strength is emotional intelligence, which that, what, that's what, what you that say. Mean? That's what, no, no, no. <laughs> that's what you say about like your kindergarten kid who's like eating pace and still doesn't know how to spell. It's like, that's how I describe some of the cats I grew up with. It's like, yeah, <laughs> like he eats his own shit, but he's, you know, when I'm cr- when I cry, he comes over. He has great emotional yeah. intelligence. Like, like we live in the age of the sun where, where mm. again, like we are the, governed the, by them. <laughs> yeah. The, the hollowed out remains of what used to be, uh, is what is in control. And as such, like Trudeau is like the perfect example in that he like has the similar, like anti-union maintaining and protecting wealth ideology of his father, but is like less effective and worse at it than his father was. The last thing I would add on that is I still, once again, it's the advisors he has, many of whom worked with his father, I think, that have really driven that idea into his... That's how, how the Liberal Party works. They? They, they just, like, pass these fucking like generation it's a generational thing even within the party like you'll have advisors that maybe didn't work for pierre but they worked for his direct successor or they worked for jean catrian or they worked for paul martin who had the exact same set of like ideological beliefs and it's just stewed within it there's a very prominent queen's alumnus who is a year older than me that is like the speaker or like what the party chair for the ontario liberals Mm. And he's got the most neoliberal brain I've yeah. ever seen. There, it's so it's so insular and incestuous. It's and awful. Just, it's like a cadre of like the worst villains and vampires. And that sounds hyperbolic. And most of these people like would never see themselves as such and see them. And that's the worst part is that they see themselves as like the voice of reason and the progressive people who are going to like save us from conservatism when they are like just barely above the bar when it comes to that there's no sick it like literally sickens me that these they're so high and mighty and they like they believe so wholly in their spirit that they are right and you could argue the exact same thing about me i guess but at the same time uh, though it it just it like ah the idea my brain shuts down thinking about them the ideology we espouse though isn't capitalism like that's the thing. Liberal or conservative, you ultimately bow to one single political idea, which is capitalism is the overriding force for quote unquote good in society. We can at least say that we're different in the fact that we're like, fuck capitalism. God damn it. We want literally any, I will take almost literally anything else at this point. I want a system where shells are the main form of currency. I agree. I have two things. Yes. One, I said gay marriage, but I just remembered it was the decriminalization of yes. just being gay. Yes. So my timeline is way It was off. the removal of that from like the DSM. Like where they were um, like, oh, it's not, we don't recognize this as a criminal or mental illness. And my other thing, speaking of hollowed out remains and shells, oil is now <laughs> at negative $40 a barrel. Or <laughs> no, it surged back <laughs> up. It surged too. 
$14 a barrel. Wow. Let's go, baby. Still cheaper than uh, literally almost anything. Hey, hey, Dean, uh, it's freaking cheaper than a freaking uh, cup of coffee from Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, we get we get one boomer joke in every yeah. every episode. I, that's, I, that's I actually, one. I've stopped paying my hydro bill and I'm showering just in crude yeah. now. It's really good. Yeah, yo, yo, man, what if we like got like 50 barrels and like store them at the apartment and then when it gets uh, expensive again, we make like a million dollars. It's like, yeah, that's no, how that works. That is the ultimate. There is going to be a movie that comes out in like two years that is a get rich quick scheme oh about God. buying that, depriced crude. That would crude. actually be a great and it, and movie. And it's gonna be the, be the so two good. dudes from War Dogs. I forget the actors. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be Miles Teller, J- Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. <laughs> no, I want it to be like a Harold and Kumar thing. That, I think that would be cool. Just make it Harold and Kumar. Yeah, <laughs> and like they, they try to f- no, they figure out a really like advanced and technical way to get high off of like crude oil. Uh, and then they sell it back to like Neil Patrick Harris. Honestly, or something. it would be a Trailer Park Boys scam. Yeah, just, <laughs> Ricky's just like, yeah, it's freaking. They're freaking paying us to take it now, and they would like they would try and like <laughs> turn the crude oil into like beer, and they'd have to like put it in their dry. I should really just rewatch Trailer Park Boys, yeah. but there's it's a powerful day for dumb guys, and it's a powerful week for the environmental movement that has been saying for literally decades that oil is just a completely like propped up. Yeah, I Part saw, of economy. not to talk about the Joker, but uh, <laughs> oh. I saw a meme that our friend shared on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. and it was like the Robert De Niro character being like, you think oil dropping a negative $40 a barrel is funny? And he goes, I am, and I'm tired of pretending it's not. But anyway, sorry if you live in Alberta, that does suck, uh, but also do something else with the economy. Hot take. No, uh, no one's ever said that until me. Crazy. Uh, I would argue the actual Late Late Capitalism show position is if you live in Alberta, go fuck yourself. No, you no, deserve no, it. no, If you live no. in Alberta. There are lots of normal people in Alberta. The official uh, position on Alberta is that we support Lexit. Yeah. Oh, do you guys uh, see that that letter from the Kingston yes, couple I, I who donated $1,000 is fake? Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, yeah. But I will say if you're an oil worker, you're welcome to come join the team. If you're an oil CEO, you ever see those newsreels from the Great Depression about stockbrokers throwing themselves out the window? Just yeah. saying, not not saying you should. I'm just saying, yeah, are you familiar with those? If you're a CEO, if you're an oil worker, absolutely, we will take you on our of team. Of course. No issue, unless you're the guy that had that really awful decal about oh, Greta sticker, Thunberg. Yeah. yeah, that's, and like the way, like the oil industry in Alberta has sort of co-opted like pro-worker, pro-union stances to prop up their like hideous, like, and and again, like environmental degradation aside, which is like horrible. But the fact that it is so propped up and like the industry itself is a ghost. Again, yeah. Like again, like as like this whole thing, this whole goddamn episode is all about just like the hauled out shells of like the modernist titans and industries that used to be. Yeah, There's like, nothing besides remains. And the systems that have now failed and their failures have been made clear to the world. Yeah, we like everything that is valued in this country is built upon pillars of salt and sand there's nothing stable well i mean what was it trump yesterday was like we're gonna we're gonna i'm gonna save the oil industry and i put money into it and it was like <laughs> great you put it to 14 <laughs> you, but it's like how disgusting is that where it's like oh 
I just love one person was like, yeah, that sounds like the free market to me where something fails and you just spend $700 trillion to get it back on its yeah. feet and it still fucking fails. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like the economy, and you have to do it out every two years or something. The opinion of Liv posting is that the economy is made up and bullshit. And uh, folks, guess what? She's correct. Yeah, no, she's right. <laughs> Nothing has been ever like more clear than it is now when an industry failed. Capital F failed because people stopped driving for a month. Literally, people stopped getting in their cars and... An industry completely collapsed, and it's like, oh, okay, free market, it's done. Clearly, people didn't want this product. Sorry, them's the brakes. But it's like, no, we've got to, we've got to keep it afloat. So, and you know what's really sad? Doesn't it make the Iraq War seem even more fucking pointless and disgusting now? You literally <laughs> yeah, killed people for nothing, for less than nothing. This is such a message of hope to everyone during COVID. No, <laughs> Please listen to well, our happy no, no, no. Unfortunately, no, we've, we've got something happy to end off with. Well, uh, we, we should probably talk about the other really awful thing that happened and then end on something good because there is like legitimately uh, yeah mind bending news which I the last like... thing that happened while we were kind of often doing bodies and spaces is uh in nova scotia over the past couple days uh, a story has been developing what started as an active shooter situation uh over the next two days became well, what is now officially the worst instance of gun violence in Canadian history with 22 uh, people dead plus the gunman is the 23rd, uh, 16 active crime scenes, and it was like a 24-hour, basically a day of just complete mayhem and misery. Uh, it's something similar to Vegas where we're never going to get an actual reason for the sheer amount of wanton destruction that occurred, and... Uh, we're just going to have to deal with that. And another great tie, I saw this today, is one of the women, there was a woman who was in the area that survived the shooting that was also in Las Vegas at the concert yeah, that survived. That. Could you imagine being the only, somebody who has survived not just one, the worst mass shooting ever, but then your country's own worst mass shooting ever. Yeah. Uh, there's not really too, too much we can say about this because this is still an ongoing investigation. And also we don't really have anything that but could possibly add I other do, than it's like the saddest it's so sad. also want to talk about ever. some of the headlines that have come out with the most... Oh, the Globe and Mail saying that he was a, a nice yes. person with a passion so for policing or some shit. The day after this occurred and more details came out at the shooter, one of which uh, the major defining detail was that he had a basically an RCMP cruiser and he had what has been confirmed to be an actual police uniform. It wasn't just a mock-up. They said it was like an authentic RCMP uniform. And he used that to aid him uh, in the course of that massacre. The Globe and Mail, esteemed publication, in their headline, which they posted to social media, uh, referred to this individual as having a passion for policing, which is kind of like describing Adolf Hitler as having a passion for artwork. I, I, I also think it's extremely telling that this kind of person who does... Maybe maybe I'm overstepping here, and you, maybe we can cut this. But the kind of person who idolizes doing such a thing and like actually goes out and does such a horrible crime also happens to have a passion for policing. Yeah. For me, I think those two things are connected. Well, and it, and they talked about the fact that he was basically like he tried to be in the RCMP and he was like a burnout, and then he ended up as a denturist. This yeah. also similar to Las Vegas, where this is a man who was unbelievably wealthy, like a millionaire. He owned multiple properties. He had several businesses. There, there's no way to really make sense of what pushed him to that breaking point. But this is not 
out of an act of like economic desperation. Cause one of the things they also said is that like, Oh, what was COVID-19 related to this? Cause his build, his businesses had to shut down. I don't, I don't think so. That could be a stressor. Sure. But I think it's irresponsible to say that the mandatory, you know, shutdown laws that are put in place to keep people as safe as they possibly can played a role in this individual who had clearly been planning this for weeks, if not months, if not years. I thought that was quite irresponsible of the media, especially given the fact that as we alluded to earlier, there is a quite maybe not popular, but at least vocal movement to end these shutdowns. I just think a lot of the media coverage of this has been pretty distasteful and at times pretty fucking dangerous. And, uh, obviously this is just something that we don't really have anything funny to say, but well, I would hope so. Yeah, we do <laughs> for what it's worth. And <laughs> realistically, it's not worth a lot. We do want to offer our condolences to all the people affected. The cynical part of me says that this isn't going to become a conversation on guns. You know what I think is going to happen in the aftermath of this? They're going to ban the resale of law enforcement vehicles. And that's going to be their gesture to say this will never yeah. happen again. Just like how after Las Vegas, they banned the sale of bump stocks. Mm. Yeah. But they didn't address the actual both systemic and corporate reasons. I wonder if they will, reasons. though. They make a lot off of police car auctions. That, like, they're going to... I, I think that's going to be the thing. That's going to be the... <sighs> the piece of meat they offer the starving people saying, okay, yeah, we're not going to address the systemic issues that led to this. One of which is the most likely misogyny. We're not going to address the changes that could be made to a mental health care system to potentially even catch and, you know, get the people that commit these acts, the yep. treatment they need to Taking avoid money it. away from the police state that inspired yeah. this act and putting it towards social workers who help people who are in mental health states such as this. Yeah. It's going to be, well, we're not going to sell these cars anymore. And it's unfortunate. I hope that isn't what's going to happen. But as someone who has lived through all of these things happening in the States with a similar political climate and has also uh, quite literally (laughs) survived a potential school shooting, which is true. I was at a school when we went into lockdown for an active shooter situation. And you know what changed afterwards? Absolutely nothing. Mm Mm-hmm both municipally, within the city of Kingston, within the province of Ontario, within the fucking country. So I'm sorry if I come off a little bit cynical about that, but it's something that I've seen play out many times. Uh, We are just so heartbroken and sorry that this has happened. We offer our support and our love, and we can hope that something substantial will come from this. Yeah. Okay. What's our our ending off? Well, our ending, I just want, I just, I'm going to paint a little word picture. Folks, imagine across the country a, a colossus, a, a just a massive being like that we cannot fathom, that is beyond our understanding. A giant baby, you could a, say. a giant baby, exactly. There is a giant baby that has been around forever, and it has never grown or matured, and yet it is still a baby, uh, even though it, it's it's so massive. <laughs> Also, uh, the giant baby thing going around Twitter, that's a three-year-old with a bald head. He's not a baby. Give me one second here. Okay. No, it's a baby. There, <laughs> and this body is just sprawled across the land, and it's been there. F- it hasn't been there long at all, but it seems like it's been there forever, and it's just decaying. And it is all of our jobs to make sure that it doesn't decay anymore. And we just we work and we work and we toil away and we get sick and we get injured. Uh, and our lives are just miserable. But the baby has to still be there because if there's no like giant baby that must be fed constantly, then what else is there to do? Here's my advice for everyone out there uh, in 
uh, quarantine and in uh, this crisis, continue to feed the baby. Think nothing of anything else but the baby. There are no other escapes. There's no other answer. Give yourself wholly to the baby. That's depressing. But also, what was the I funny guy like who falls down? All. Which one? What? The the funny guy who falls down and he falls on the uh, the hurdy yowie things. Oh, w- like in general? The the funny guy. You were watching him. Oh, he falls oh down. okay, yeah. So we're gonna give you something that you actually should watch. This is a quarantine recommendation, and this is I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. There's an individual by the name of Superhuman. H-U-M-M-A-N-1234 on Twitter, who is uh, an amateur stunt performer, (laughs) which is, I think, one of the most generous uh, self-descriptions I've ever seen. He is a man who lives next to a dump in Florida, quite literally a dump, and uh, he will jump through and onto various painful objects for your enjoyment. Uh, One of his latest videos is called Drinking Hot Sauce and Running Into Light Tube Board. And it's incredible. Yeah. And uh, Superhuman really is the best of all of us because you know what? He's brave. He's strong. He's facing everything head on with his trademark can-do attitude, whoop, whoop. And uh, folks, we need to be more like Superhuman. So there you go, folks. You have uh, two uh, methods to go about your days. Now you have two options before you, two roads diverging in the yellow wood. Will you uh, follow the path? of the of the decaying empire or will you follow the path of the superhuman yeah don't try what he does at home but you should definitely watch what he does at home yeah. i think i should add something you guys are sad and depressing oh, i'm not i'm saying sad. join a community garden thank you yeah that's my message <laughs> uh, quite... we need to end the fossil fuel industry and we need to have many small gardens everywhere all the time if you do you. want to make a meaningful difference my political prescription is the same across the world, which is if you feel powerless at the uh, massive, seemingly overwhelming monster that is capitalism, one of the best ways to actually claw, claw back some power is to always, always, always empower unions and labor. That serves as your number one, basically bastion against total unfettered capitalism. If you feel powerless, please, please, please seek out a union. I know... People say, oh, they're not perfect. There's corrupt people. There's corrupt people everywhere. But the net positive gain of the union is that it gives you something to fight back with and it gives you some form of solidarity in the working class. Also, when this is over, strive to make, you know, small acts of good. Join a communal garden. Don't let the quarantine become a permanent thing. The way in which we lose and capitalism wins is if it breaks our solidarity and it breaks our class understanding. So when this is all over and it will end, I know it doesn't seem like it will end, but it will end. It's time to reach out. It's time to come together and we cannot let the world go back the way it was. And the most, at least for me, prudent way to do that is to empower labor, empower unions, empower collective entities that are staunchly opposed to unfettered capitalism and catastrophic anti-environmentalism. Join 